And that's why they call it the Leaky Tiki. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Finally, back in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, like I've been nonstop. Dan Ray? Vegas, baby. How was it? It was great. Yeah? It was everything Vegas is supposed to be good and bad. Mm. And that's really all you can say about it. That's good. Uh, and bad. But we had a good time. Um Found a bunch of tiki bars and saw a bunch of neon signs and just ate a bunch of food and it was great. It's good. I'm looking at you. You don't have any facial tattoos, so. I don't. Um, I didn't lose uh, my shirt. Yes. Necessarily. Right. But uh, fun was had. I did put 60 cents into a slot machine and walk away with $14. Okay. Which, I mean, percentage wise, those are pretty solid. It is solid. I'll tell oh, you, the first time that I was there numbers. with my wife, um, we... We're walking through the casino because we were staying the night on the way between. No, we flew into there to drive to Southern Utah to a friend's wedding, um, up in the up in the mountains in Southern Utah, and so Vegas was where we landed. And so we spent the night at a casino somewhere, Bellagio, I think, actually. And that's where we stayed. Oh yeah, it's nice. And um, we were walking through the casino in the middle of the day, and she said, "Hey, show me how these slot machines work." And I said, "You got a quarter?" She said, "Yeah." And put it in there, pull the thing, lost it. I said, "That's how they work." That's how it works. But I'm glad to hear you uh, got up high and walked away. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of the Bellagio and just places there in general, I forgot what it was like to be indoors with people smoking. Yeah. I yeah. was like, oh, that is still a thing it's in places. still a thing in places, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a nice little uh, reminder of how things used to was. Yeah. Well, uh, how was your week? My week was good. I had three acoustic gigs last week. I did the um, the trivia at Lexington, the monthly, on Wednesday. And then I did a karaoke on Friday and a karaoke on Saturday, two different venues back here in Double Greensboro. Karaoke. And uh, some of my regulars came to both, which is gratifying. Yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then I did a rehearsal on Sunday that was – so I bought – I've had for a while one in-ear monitor transmitter in my rig yeah. and two receivers. So mm-hmm. Taylor and I, my co-front person, have been sharing one stereo mix, which has been fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie, my drummer, has been taking a wired stereo mix into a Behringer amp and using those yep. wired. My bassist has been a tad resistant. She's never really mm-hmm. done any ears before and kind of didn't get the point. And I've been schlepping a, a monitor around for her. Um, and I finally said, look, I'm just doing it. So I bought myself a second transmitter. It's a me pro MI 909, which is a yep. very, it's kind of a niche thing, but I, I do think it's the best thing on the market. Um, there's really only one importer to, uh, of it into the U S it's, um, in your, in your gear.com. Uh, and the guy who runs that is fantastic. He emails with me, uh, it, you know, super responsive. Um, so I picked one up. It was the last, as far as I know, the only one for sale in the United States. Ooh. Um, and so it got to me and I got it all in now they're side by side in my rack. So now I have two front, front side antennas coming out the rack years and it's very fancy and, and it came with one more receiver. So I copied my drummer's mix to that and, uh, told my bassist she was going to be doing that. I said, bring headphones or something yeah. next time. And she didn't, <laughs> but I had some yeah. spares. And so I put them on her, put the whole thing on her and, um, and we started playing and she, I like, I literally watched the moment of her going, Oh, yep. Like I, I saw the epiphany happen. It happens to 
everyone yeah. Yeah. at some point. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen right away, but you do finally go, yeah, this, this, this is better. Vastly better. Than what I'm accustomed yeah. to. Yeah. Also, I'm wearing right now the monitors that came with the body pack. And yeah. they're pretty decent. They're pretty decent. I might clean these up a little bit after tonight and offer them to her because they're certainly more comfortable than the KZA things that I put in her head last time. But, uh, yeah, but I think we, that's what I'm wearing yeah, right now. We tried a couple with, we kind of tried a couple tracks. And so far, our experience with tracks has been pretty rocky. Um, I'd put one mm -hmm. on and my drummer would be hearing it in his in ears, but the rest of us would be hearing it through the mains. I'd have the click in the mains and <sighs> keeping up with it was not great. I put some on while we were all in in-ears and we were rock solid, 100% yep. right to it. And it just made life so easy. And so um, uh, like a lot became possible. And then um, Taylor was out. She was sick, COVID negative, but feeling bad, coughing up a lung. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of like, I know a lot of folks yeah. who are, it's bronchitis. Yeah, or, or RSV or yeah, it's bad stuff going yeah, on. It's, it's not COVID ugly. anymore, but it's yep. not great. Um. So she had that and, um, she, she hit our slack and said, Hey, I was I'm still, still feeling bad. How was rehearsal? And came back and told her about the new songs we had put on, which are several we're doing, um, less I know the better Tam and Paula, um, nice. which I think is a killer tune. And when it first hit, I was like, this song's either gonna be a flash in the pan or it's really going to be something. And it's still around yeah. on the radio. So we're going to cool. do it. Um, and a bunch of other things. And then Zoe chimed in and said, Big fan of the in ears. I was like, all right, all right. There you go. Over. There we go. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Now I will say, an interesting thing happened in this rehearsal. We discovered a song that's uncoverable. Hmm. Now we were talking about this before we uh, we hopped on uh, to record. Yep. We we're trying to come up with a uh, a term for for a song like this, and we were having a very hard time. Yeah. Threading that needle. Yeah. For the particular manner in which this is uncoverable, it's not that our skills did, couldn't do it. I have a good track that made us have the missing parts that we needed to do it, but something about the song itself is uncoverable. And I did reach out to the Slack channel and say, Patreons, you know, what songs have you seen that are just too? Yeah, the feeling is like too. Um, iconic or too connected with the brand of the original artist there's there's it just it just feels wrong to cover it and now, the the term that i i that popped into my head was white whale but white whale is more about um obsessing over something uh knowing it'll never come to fruition this is more you're hold, you hold it in too much reverence it's almost yeah yeah i was gonna say incorruptible but that's a that's a totally different thing we we were looking so for the, the mo juiced here, and it, it hasn't come up. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a branding guy. You know, yeah. we got to wrap it up in a yeah. in a nice little bow. Yeah. It doesn't have a word to describe it. But really, and I also don't know what the song is yet I know. because I, I, I was know. like, I, I mean, wanted to be like in the moment. I've been a full tease about so. it. So the the patron said, one guy said, um, I don't do any Jimi Hendrix. It's too you know too too iconic. Another said anything that has a lot of falsetto, like um, Kiss by Prince. Um, yeah, which. Those are, and then it became very apparent that uh, lots of people do both of those songs. Yeah, I, <laughs> both I, those guys I do Hendrix. Tunes. I do. Uh, I do. The I, will you kiss? I do kiss. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready to hear the song? Oh, I've been dying to know. The song we failed to do for interesting reasons is Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. Ooh. And we tried it with the track and it just felt like we were, it felt like I wasn't filling the enormous suit. Like I just felt like I didn't, I didn't. 
I couldn't fit it on. And I love that song. I've loved that song for decades and I've always wanted to cover it with the track. It felt like karaoke is the first time I've ever felt like I was playing along to a track rather than bringing the track in to support the band. Um, and then we tried it without the track and it was just empty and didn't sound like the song. And yeah. ultimately we realized like really, unless you're David Byrne, you maybe can't pull that tune off. There's a lot of orchestration. There's a lot of, uh, stuff going on yep. in that track that, you know, other than the drummer and yeah, I mean, it's because the, the instrumentation for your group and, you know, a lot of other groups, uh, is not the ones doing all the lifting yeah. in that song. Yeah. Cause it's and mostly that our, that our kind of arpeggio thing going on. High the tweedly yeah. Sort of Cause the drum, the drums are kind of straight ahead yeah. and then the bass is bam, bam, bam. But and the I guitar have, does nothing until the chorus comes. Here's in. the thing: I have all that on the track. The track sounds just like yeah. it. It's actually it's from karaoke version. It's one of the best tracks I've ever seen them do. Sounds just. I've got like the original. It. All right, well, neat. But the point is, you can't use it. We don't cover it either, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I cover a lot of stuff that's iconic and very connected with his original artist. But something about that song, like somehow, it just no way we came at it felt right, even though we could make it sound right with the track. It just yeah. didn't seem like a song that as much as I want to cover it and love that song. And, you know, we do psycho killer and I lean way into the, like, you're talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. Like I, I do like yeah. his big goofy thing. Um, but somehow that one is, um, not goofy. It's almost important. That song it's like, it's message is big and, um, copying it just feels wrong. Just feels wrong. Yeah. Tugging heads are, for a lot of people, they're kind of a third rail band. Yeah. You know, you've got to be, you got to tread lightly. I've been in groups that have done burning down the house. Yep. Um, but I can't, I can't think of another cover band that I'm aware of that does that song. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to, uh, if, if you're out there yeah. and you do a version of that song or oh. you know a band that does a cool version of that song, send it to us. I want to hear wanna it. Hear so I really want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've made, take it and made it yours and just proven my whole theorem wrong here. I really want to hear that. I've definitely like taken stands on things that I will and won't play. And I feel like at one point it was, um, it was young me trying to like, probably avoid doing a ton of work <laughs> when i was younger i was like no country and no beatles and my reasoning behind that was if you learn one beatles song you have to learn every beatles song and if you will learn one country song you have to know every country song i'm not sure that um works. well i think my thought process was well if i learn to play eight days a week then i'm gonna have a bunch of people coming up and being like why don't you play Savoy Truffle? Oh, and do you know why don't you? Yeah. Right. Um, and maybe that was too daunting to think about. And the same with like country, because I didn't really care for country. Right. And so it's like, yeah, okay, you play a Johnny Cash song. Well, then people think that you can play Alan Jackson or Brooks and Dunn and, you know, all of those other plays. But the joke's on everybody else, because I ended up playing in a country band for, <laughs> you know, years and years right. and really enjoying right, it. Right. <laughs> so. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. But yeah, I, I think everybody's got one of those things that are just like, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. The reason's always, typically always different. You know, what 
like the the examples that a lot of people have, like Hendrix, other people don't have. I, I think there's there's a mental block yes. to it for some people. Yeah. Like yeah. for a particular artist, you're like, they're too big or they mean too much. Right. There have been a lot you know? of songs that I've I've felt like, boy, if I could only get to where I can play that, and then I try it and I'm like, oh. The most recent one of those I think I've mentioned is um Salisbury Hill, Peter Gabriel, yep. um, which is in fact not that hard to play. Um yep. on the recording, there are two guitars happening, and I found a way to arrange it for one in a way that pretty much works. And uh um I have more. And it's it mostly seven. Is it mostly seven? Like you were saying. That's right. Yeah. Like, hey, if I if I get an eight. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna if, lose any yeah, sleep. If Nate falls in there, I'm, nobody's gonna. No one has yet complained. Yeah, but I've closed every show with that since I learned it. Cool. A few weeks ago. Fantastic. Yeah. We've got a little bit of time off. Um, our next big show is supposed supposedly because that's a word. It is in a month, and we're trying to come up with this is a, a public date, and it's on Friday the thirteenth, and. We're trying to come up with uh, some new tunes or maybe pull some stuff out of the vaults to make it a unique experience Nice. and trying to figure out what those are. Um, those negotiations are ongoing and then um, got a very interesting uh, gig proposition that involves basically 12 to 18 hours of my time on a Monday. Yeah. For a very dry corporate event, but um, we're trying to get all of that hammered out, and it's definitely content. It's content. Speaking of content, I ended up creating some today because I've been having issues with my HX stomp and couldn't figure out what was going on, mm. and then I figured out what the problem was, and I was like, I could probably sum this up in around 90 seconds to two minutes, and that might be beneficial for some people, so that's what I did. Uh, so if you have an HX stomp and you find yourself in a situation where your external switches stop working after an update, check out the YouTube channel. They reset. I some, will show you how it's fixed. Reset some configs or something. Yeah, it, it resets the um, your global settings to default, and then there's a at least with the the smaller stomp, there's the ability to use um, like a TRS cable to do different things. And um, if you don't go in and change it back to the way it was before, then it doesn't work. Ah. And I found that out too late on a gig. And um, so I spent a little bit of today solving that problem Good. and got it all done. So all's well that ends well. Nice. So do you want to do, do, you that, do uh, a review? Let's do a review. I have great minds. We have realized that when we talk about leaving reviews, people leave them. <laughs> So we're going to keep talking about them and hopefully you guys will keep uh, adding them to the, uh, to the situation. This one came in about a week ago. It's also weird because we don't like when you drop a a review, it takes like seven to 10 days for it to land. So this one was submitted on the fourth, but I found out about it like, I don't know, three days ago. (laughs) And it's from a user named String Kong. I like that. It's a five star review. It's really good. And it says... Doing the right things right. I started listening in April 2022, so very recently, not coincidentally, about the same time that my most recent band's lead singer and guitarist moved out of state. And I became an instant fan. Adam and Dan's podcast is filled with provocative topics relevant to any gigging musician and the weekly Road Warrior stories from their lives as gigging musicians. Keeps me inspired as I've been working to start a new project. 
in my day job in software engineering, eh? Hmm. We often talk about doing things right versus doing the right things. In the podcast world, Adam and Dan have an uncanny knack for doing both, probably because we both work in software development. Thanks for the great material and keep it coming. Ben H. in Austin, Texas. Thank you very much, Ben. Ben H. uh, I I really really like that username. That's a good one. If you would like your, uh, you or your band's name shouted out on the show, this is the easiest way to do it. Leave us a five-star review. Say nice things. And we will talk about you mm. on on the podcast waves. About how brilliant and sexy Ben is. Yes, absolutely. Very, uh, very kind and generous. Mm, charming. They say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I've always said that. Yeah, no, I've always thought that about him. Okay. I've got a thing that I have not fully fleshed out. Well, let's <laughs> flesh it out, man. <laughs> that is what we are here to do. Uh I had a uh, a conversation with our drummer Nathan and it was uh he he brought up a thought provoking concept and I am still kind of wrapping my head around it and and trying to figure out how I feel about this the um the whole thing but I figured it was worth talking about with you guys because I think if you haven't thought about it you probably should and if you have thought about it maybe it can be a kind of a through line or a an ethos for you to kind of onboard that might make your band as a business more successful. And the concept is, or the question is, are you a show band or a service band? Hmm. And that's a that's a thick one. Yeah. It's got some layers to it. Yeah. So let's talk about what both of those things mean. And I think it I, it clearly means different things to different people because I've asked this question in uh, on the Facebook group and also in the, the Slack channel and haven't really gotten like a, a cohesive answer or, uh, you know, people are kind of all over the place thinking about this. So to me, though, if you're talking about two different kinds of bands, let's talk about a show band. A show band is a group that has put a lot of effort into the way that they orchestrate and execute their live performances. And I think the most kind of important part of that is that they are in their, let's say, zone of genius, if we're using those kinds of terms, when they are presenting the their band as the product that they have worked on. So in a scenario like people aren't coming to see a band, they're coming to see this band yeah. because of the things that they uniquely do that only they can do. Yeah. That or, to or, me or, is a show band. Or because of who they are. Because mm-hmm. of some connection the audience has with them as personalities. Right. So if we were thinking about uh groups in our community um pork tornadoes would be a show band 100 to me they are like their brand is what they do yep. and people come to their shows to see them do that yep. so uh, yeah. they have they have kind of set their um their audience's expectations for what to expect and that is what they provide 
Yeah. I think On the in- other including hand, including the surprises they provide, it's not like the audience knows right. how the show goes, but that even the new stuff, even the fresh stuff is all consistent with a certain brand. Right. Yeah. And, and people are interested in their version of the thing that they do. Mm-hmm. So even if it's new, even if it's novel, it's their spin on it. And ultimately, that's why people follow them around and you know, support them. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, a service band is a group that is more about filling the need of a client in a more broad sense. So ultimately, I think all of us aim to be that kind of group. You know, we want to be the kinds of groups that say yes to what our clients are asking for. So if they need a certain kind of music, yeah, we can do that. Sure. They need you to wear uh, purple LeMay tuxedos. Yeah, no problem. We can make that happen. There's a flexibility and a versatility to it. Now, where does a bar band fall in this? Well, I don't think that I don't think that you can be that broad. That bar bands are one way and private party bands are another way. Okay. All right. Um because it would be easy to say, well, you know, bar bands aren't really like catering in a customer service thing. They're probably more of a show band. I would posit mm-hmm. that unless you listen to this show, there there aren't many of those yeah. that are playing bars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, th- I think one one way to understand the dichotomy here is to compare it to a similar dichotomy, I think, of luxury goods versus commodities. Okay. Gasoline is a commodity. You can get it from lots and lots yep. of places. The price is within a certain range, going to be comparable across all of them. The quality, you don't really worry about, is that that place give good gas or does that place have good gas? It's right. just, it's all just gas. Not anymore, at least. Not anymore, at least, yeah. Um, and so- there are plenty of bands that are like gasoline, right? That are kind of interchangeable. Um, they all do kind of the same stuff. Yep. But they're dependable for what they do. When you need that, when you need when you need gas, you need gas. You don't want to have to yep. part of the beauty of a commodity. So you don't have to think too hard about it. It fills a need and you get it and you pay for it and you move on. And there are bands that have a really good business doing that. Well, and the other thing about those kinds of bands is that they can be scaled very easily. Right. And that's how a lot of us get work Mm -hmm. is that there's a person selling a product and then they hire whoever's available to do that thing. So I have, uh, I've played with a number of groups that kind of, that's their business model. Yeah. It's, it's, we do this specific thing, but we do it in a way that's generic enough that we can put any combination of three to five folks together and you're going to get a similar product on the other end of it. And it won't be the same as those particular folks having played together for 10 years. Nope. But for- It's a perfectly good product. Yeah, for your party, for your event, it's fine. Yep. Perfectly good. Not, not even fine like, like I'm hacking on it. It's absolutely fills the need. Yeah. It's gasoline. Um, in the Southeast market, there's a group called Emerald Empire. Uh-huh. That is a band of no people. Right. But I think it's the 
simultaneously, no one and everyone is in that band yep. at any given moment. I'm in that band. I have I have been to probably a dozen events that they have played at, and not once has the same person been playing in the lineup. <laughs> the what it is. And the, the product's always good. Yeah. But it's kind of the Starbucks approach. Yeah. You're going to get a cup of coffee, and it's going to be more or less the same cup of coffee, regardless of right. you know right. what city you're in. Right. So, with that being said, what kind of band are you in? Not you, Dan, but you out there over the podcast waves. What does it for you? What makes you feel good about the thing that you're doing? For some people, they feel good by fulfilling the needs of a client. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is, if it's like a morning session where they need acoustic jazz or they want a 12-piece group with a full horn section doing Motown, like right. that they get their energy by being helpful. Other musicians and, and to be clear, they get paid. Yeah. Those bands get paid. Those fine. bands tend to make great money. Yeah. Like not just good money, but like great money. Yeah. You're solving a real problem for customers. And and they're willing to pay top dollar for your ability to do so. Yep. Uh, but for some musicians, the thing that makes them feel good is executing their vision. Mm -hmm. They they put a lot of time and effort into the branding and the stage show and all of the bits and pieces that go into what they do. And when they are asked to do things that are outside of that realm, they can do it. But maybe it's not what they're into. Right. Maybe it's not what gives them their energy, or maybe they don't feel like they can deliver on the level that other groups can because it's not, it doesn't play to their strengths. Mm -hmm. So where do you, where would you say the new strange falls on that spectrum currently for you? Well, we're such a new project and we're so in the mode of building relationships and building a track record, yep. building something we can market, that it's really hard to quite put my finger on it. If there's a measure of it called spend a lot of time thinking about the stage presentation and about the branding, then for sure we're that. We've thought a lot about those things. Um, and we are presently in the business of filling bars Friday and Saturday night schedules. That's where we're at. We, we did a wedding and it was great and came out of it with a lot of good material to build good marketing around and start pushing into that market. But, mm -hmm. um, um, are we in a place where we could, you know, four wall a ticketed show and hope to make any money out of it? No, no, no. We got a dozen people who know of us. Um, maybe more that last gig was pretty good. And a lot of people, a lot of people came up and connected with us after it. Another eight, 10, 12 people probably, but we're still in like double digits of people who would yeah. recognize our name. Right. So, um, to the extent that we could build a business based on pork tornado style recognition, like now we're a long way from that. Uh, I think most bands are. Um, yeah, 
but, uh, but I certainly aspire to it. I think being on a festival circuit and having a stage to just play on that doesn't have to be about filling three hours of a bar's time or, um, it can just be our show to do the show we want to do. Well, that's a different ball game and we're ready yeah. for it. We have the material for it. We have the personnel for it. We have the charisma for it, all of that. Um, but I think where we are in the maturity of our project, we, we, I wouldn't call us that yet. Well, and you're also in like a unique spot because you have the flexibility because those lanes haven't really been worn in yet. Right. You are in a a place where your audience can still tell you what it is they're looking for. For sure. So yeah. you, with that malleability, that flexibility, that, um, that yeah. kind of fluid yeah. nature, yeah. you, you're able to, to do th- different things and kind of see what works and what doesn't. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful place to be being in a, in a band. that's like at our sixth or seventh gig. Yep. Right. Cause we we're starting to get a lot of confidence. We're starting to get a lot of trust in each other. We're starting to build that band telepathy thing that that's mm-hmm. so amazing when it happens. You know, I can, yep. I can feel when Charlie's heading into a big drum fill and I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can meet him there. Like we're getting there. The, the conehead mind melt between my bassist yep. and my drummer is starting to really happen and it's great. And we're also still at a point where nothing's as baked in as it gets to at your 50th gig, your hundredth gig, we still have malleability is a good word for it. Cause it's still very pliable. There's still a lot of room to push it one way or another. The rehearsal on Sunday was all about putting new music in. And we, we, man, we ran the gamut. We did all kinds of stuff that, that is, um, part of, partly that's on brand. Part of the brand of this band is that it's very broad in the material we cover. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We just, Sunday was a great example of that, but that also means we could pick up and do like a service band. Hey, you know, um, here's a gig for uh, an Elks Lodge. They're only going to want like 80s and earlier. Yeah. Okay. Like we, we pretty soon here, we'll have the repertoire to do that. Um, here's a gig for uh, a frat party. They like the classic rock some, but really they're listening to what's on the radio basically now. All right. We'll right. be able to do that. So that's a very service bandy kind of move. Like we can put together a show that nails any demographic you're after. Is that part of it then? That kind of flexibility, that's a service band approach versus the show band. You get what we do. Yeah. And you either love it or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's not tailored what, for your, your audience. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the parent line? You get what you get and you don't put your fit. That's right. That's right. Any color car you want as long as it's black. Yep. Members only is kind of, it's kind of hard in that sense because we are a show band. Mm-hmm. Like we, we do a thing. Mm-hmm. Because we're an 80s band. That's the thing that we do. And that was Nathan's point, um, right? Yeah. Basically, his point was members only is at their best when we are doing the thing that we do. That we do. Yeah. So, like, the 80s show when we are firing on all cylinders is an absolute freight train. Mm-hmm. Because it's so well-worn and it's so just, like, precise. Mm-hmm. And all the stage moves are there. And so when we get the opportunity to, to show out on a big stage and we've done the work so we can fill a, a spot and just dominate. But, you know, we also get asked to do lots of other things. And 
my solution to keep us busy is we have this agency where we basically got three different quote unquote products that are more or less the same lineup. So we've got an 80s thing, a 90s thing. Now we've got the the punk thing that hasn't quite, we haven't, it's, ha- it's, it's out there, but we haven't really been working it the way the other ones have. And then we have kind of like a generic, like we can do whatever. And the gigs where we were asked to do the kind of generic stuff are still like, they feel squirrely mm. because every once in a while we'll hit a song that we've done 300 times, but then we'll do a song we've only played maybe like three or four times right. and it feels, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel solid. And for me, as a person who's built this project from the ground up, I definitely feel in my strength and my, again, my zone of genius, if we're using that term, when my bands are doing the things that my bands do well. Yeah. But like we're doing this live band karaoke thing and it's something we can totally do, but it doesn't give me the same level of satisfaction as a straight up members only gig does. Yeah. Yeah. Let me throw a scenario at you. So our okay. last gig in that barn Clemens, there were two birthdays in the room that okay. night. And they approached us separately to see if we'd play happy birthday for them. Is that a thing members only would ever do? Yeah. And we would either do a little moment where we do like the Beatles thing. Mm-hmm. Or I would, I just ham it up and do like a super over the top kind of loungy happy birthday right. kind of scenario. Right. At the last big uh, public date that members only did, there was a birthday and this was so great. The, I think it was like the wife of the guy whose birthday was there. And they like, they brought like a whole bunch of people out. So, you know, they were clearly going to uh, get our attention. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's his birthday and he hates the Eagles. And I was like, say no more, fam. I got you. And so like after the, like we did like our first like five song chunk. And then I was like, guys. I was told that's Doug's birthday tonight and that Doug wants to hear only one song, one song only is the only song he wants to hear. So here we go. And then I like, I laid out like the first eight bars of Desperado in like the most obnoxious way possible. (laughs) And it brought the house down because Mm. it was a thing where everybody was in on the joke and we were still able to be flexible to a degree. Like, Desperado is never going to be a song like nobody's going to ask us to play an Eagle song at an 80s show. But it was just one of those moments where we were able to, you know, if we can take requests, we'll take them. But a lot of time, because our show's on rails, for the most part, when people make requests, we can kind of throw something together at the last minute or we just go, oh, it's not we don't have time tonight. You've got a, a 90 minute set. You're like, I've got we've got a lot of songs to get through. And sure, you would love to hear this bangles b-side but we don't we're not gonna we're not going to indulge that part of your fandom at the uh at the expense of everybody else in the room right so right now now can so, so the next question then is would and mike might chime in about this I'm, mm-hmm. i'd be interested he surely will i, I put it oh, like yeah. that um <laughs> could you imagine the the pork tornadoes pausing their show to play happy birthday to somebody I think in their situation, it would, ha- yes. It'd have to be somebody. But I think it would, yeah. It wouldn't there, be like some there would have to be some significance yeah. behind it. Exactly. 
if, if and, it's, and they'd you know, make it part of their show. Yeah. Right. They would make it a focal point. Like it would be a thing that like yeah. they put thought and effort into. It'd be a set piece around it. They'd have planned it. Yep. Right. It wouldn't be like somebody came up on their str- on, on their on their feet and said, "Hey, my friend's having a da, da, da. it's Debbie's birthday." Yeah. Whereas you know, for me, not- it's like, "Great, let's go. I'll play Happy Birthday yeah. all day long. It's an F. Here we go." And and listen. By the way, for our listeners, neither approach is wrong. You should be clear. Happy Birthday is in the key of our Lord F major. That is a, sure. that is a fact. Well, yeah. Point is, I think that might be a good litmus test for show band versus service band, right? If if I'm going to service the crowd by playing their happy birthdays, that kind of tells me what my focus is on. Yeah. And again, neither one is, it, this isn't a right versus wrong no, no, argument. It's no, just, no. for the most part, you get to be a show band by being a service band up to a certain point. Right. You get to a certain level or you put in a certain amount of work where you don't necessarily have to. Now, members only is not one of those groups. Like we are not drawn pork tornado numbers that we are still, if people have heard of us, they may not have seen us. And so we, every time we play a public date, it's, it's first impressions all over again. For sure. So there's, there always needs to be a willingness to engage, a willingness to be flexible, a willingness to bring people into the thing that we're doing. Um, and we can do that to varying degrees of success, just depending on the situation. Right. Now, the thing that really sparked a, a thought in me is around solo acoustic gigs. Mm. Because to me, that is 100% a service position kind of thing. Mm. Unless you have a very specific product that you are providing. And I don't, I don't, really enjoy solo acoustic stuff for the most part because i feel like i am doing a thing that anybody else out there could do and i don't necessarily feel like it always plays to my strengths Hmm. now there's certain things that i know that i do uniquely well and that's that it is what it is but i don't get the same kind of satisfaction out of those as I, as I do doing other stuff. Fair. Fair. I think that, um, my solo acoustic, it's interesting. Often, often I'm doing a real mixture of crowd pleasers and vanity songs, mm-hmm. um, which feels to me showish. Uh, but then I have these two things I do that are, um, the karaoke and the trivia that are all about crowd engagement. There's nothing about those shows. that's not crowd engagement. And that's part of what I love about them. Why I do covers instead of originals is because it's a quick way to crowd engagement. People care Mm -hmm. about covers. You win them over by weaponizing their nostalgia and, uh, and then you're engaged and that's the juice for me. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't need the payday. I don't need the, pain in the ass frankly but that moment of crowd engagement that i can sometimes stretch for three hours is the most delicious thing in the world and is the most servicey possible thing you could be going for there right those those yep. shows are all about service and not show all about it and sometimes but it's serving it- the person who's just come up and started a song with me and is they their first note was high by a perfect fourth 
Mm-hmm. And so now uh, my, the service I am to them is to sing the melody and bring them back to the note and bring them, make them sound good. Cause they know it's not, they know something's not right. They probably, yeah. they, they don't know. Maybe they know it's them. Maybe they don't. Um, they don't. Maybe they're Adele and they just blame you. For sure. I, likely. Um, I had somebody at the karaoke on Saturday who their first song, I couldn't ever pull her back. She was off. It actually was Adele. She was doing Rolling on the Deep and she started yep. off. Off. That was Adele's song that she started wrong too, didn't Yeah. yeah how about that? That's well, the, yep. The very one. This, she, so this singer was right in. Right in it's tribute. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but she never found it. She never found it the yep. whole song. And, um, and she left and was like, woo, go you, ah, whatever. Uh, cause I always do that. And then, and then she signed up for another and I called her up and she nailed it, hmm. nailed it. And then another one and she nailed that. And it was like, first one was really proud of to have, um, have the first one not go great and then try again. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I think she she developed some trust in me as the night went on, and mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of connection that gets made is just so delicious. It's so much what I'm there for, and uh, and it's totally if we're going to put it in this model of show versus service, it's a mm-hmm. thousand percent service. It's all service. Yep. Um, so I think it also has to do with personality type. Like you, you're you're the extrovert of this show. Yeah, yeah, but by, by a long shot. Yeah. Like I, I'm doing this compulsively. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's pretty safe for an introvert to be up there in their in-ears putting on the show that's on rails, right? That's, that's in, for sure. that's in, you know, in keeping. It's about, with- yeah, it's about control. It's about execution. Yeah. It's about, yeah. it's about all of those things. It's the look what I can do part. Yeah. And, and I totally get that. And that sounds how it sounds, but you know. No, I, I know what I can do. I think again, it's really easy to hear this conversation. Like one of these t- things is better than the other, and yeah. and and I, I don't think we're saying that. Nope. It's just a really interesting. But, but they are different. They're different, and and, it's, and it's an interesting way to to think of the sort of competing needs of this sort of work. And if you're going to be a service band, be the best one there is. If you're going to be a show band, be the best one there is like lean into that. And I would say that it's a spectrum. Yes. So got these two things on, on either side and, and you've got to figure out which one you lean towards, but always knowing that you might have to swing the other way yeah. to make things happen. Yes. Yes. Because I, I, as a business owner, I always want to be a, in a position to say yes right. to things. Right. And the business person in me versus the the creative in me, there's a bit of tension there. Sure. But ultimately, I want people to enjoy themselves at the shows that we do. Right. And I also know that the things that I find to be super crucial matter very little to everybody else. <laughs> right. Right. And that the things that I can sit there and pick apart don't matter to, you know, the general population. Right. So like this karaoke thing, it's a thing we've done before and it's always squirrely because you, you've got a, you got a list, but like clockwork, people are going to yeah. immediately look at the list and go, can you do, but what about, I know that there's a hundred songs here, right? but I want to pick <laughs> this other song. That's not on this list yeah. that you aren't familiar with. Um, but I, I ultimately want to be able to provide 
a very slick product. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that the lyrics are pre set up and that the, the monitor looks good and is easy to read for the person on the front end. And you know, that we are able to execute well, like that stuff's important to me. And so that's my service muscle being flexed. And then we're talking about this Friday the 13th show in January. That's my show muscle, mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. We're going to go out there and we're going to try and give them something uh, y- different than the last time we played at this venue. And we're going to try and come up with fun ways to make it special and unforgettable. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So ultimately, you want to you want to be able to do both. Um, but just think about it. And make the bargains that you need to with yourself and your bandmates in order to meet the client where they're at and do the thing that you do best. Yeah. Cool. I think we got there. Yeah, I think we got there. We landed the plane. I think we did. Cool. Yeah, very nice. What do you guys think about this? Covermanconfidential at gmail.com. This has been a, a spirited debate on the Patreon Slack and... We've had a lot of fun of getting everybody's take on this and no right answer, but, um, the and, more and, and again, we're saying again, one's not better than the other. No, but the more insight that I've, I get from other groups, like I, I it helps me mm-hmm. understand it better. Yep. We are wide open to all kinds of suggestions and any insight. Cause you know, there's a lot of y'all out there. There's only two of us. So <laughs> the more that I can learn, the better for sure. Well, that's a good it. one. Yeah. Good Love one. it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're wrapping up the year, I think. Is this the one? This is, is number it? 250. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Quarter of their way to 1,000. Jeez. That's a lot. Yeah. We're talking about big numbers. That This one has 100% snuck up on us. I know. Yeah. You know, 50 was a big one. 100 was a big one. I think we did a big one at 150, a big one at 200, yep. but 250 was just kind of like, wow, oh, here we are. And I think you just have to get to that point. Like the, there is no secret to, uh, putting out a podcast. Just put it you out. You just have to, you got to show up yeah, every week. The secret is to put it out. Put them out. Yeah. And that's what we've done for the past nearly five years. Yeah. Wow. Big stuff. Incredible. So, we love you guys. It's been great. We're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to do this. We're going to find unique things to talk about. How are we still talking about things that we haven't talked about before? (sighs) Yeah. Like, seriously. It's amazing. It's amazing. It it is truly, like, mind-boggling that we are still here. We've never met. We're going to solve that. We're, we're still, going to solve that. We are. We're still coming up with new crap to talk about. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I just got a new, um, a new uh, colleague at work who is um, in Atlanta. And so mm-hmm. yet another thing on my stack of reasons to get to Atlanta. There you go. We will show you a good time. Yeah. And, and there's been, I've been toying with the idea of doing some kind of meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it once. It didn't go so hot. It's, it didn't go poorly. Just, it's hard to get musicians to do anything on a day off because they've got better stuff to do but i would love to have an excuse to get in the same space as 
the people that have been supporting us all these years, I think it'd be a lot of fun. For sure. And there's a lot of cool stuff to do uh, in this area. So if that's up, if, if you would be up to do some kind of crazy meetup situation. Like at least including in the Atlanta area, a live episode. Yep. We got a lot of ideas rolling around up there. So maybe we'll make it happen at some point. Yeah. But that's it. There you go. That's all I got. Me too. Folks, thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate all your support. If you would like to uh, do more, you can do any of the things that our buddy Adam from the Van Band are about to, is about, are about, mm, is about. Singular. I know tenses. I uh, I graduated from college and everything. Mm. Uh, but you can listen to what, you can listen to what Adam Moskowitz is going to tell you right now. So that being said, I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of December 16th. <laughs> Winding them down. 2022. Have a good one. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes, goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Always be performing!